0: Welcome to the Abbey Podcast. I'm your host, Brenton Sharp.
1: And I'm Steve Muldrup, and we are the Abbey staff. And we're glad you joined us today to listen in.
0: Yes, on the very first podcast. Premiere. The premiere. And today we would actually like to talk to you a bit about um, who we are and let you know a little bit more about us, but then also kind of what in the world is the Abbey. Many of you are probably wondering uh, what we're up to. so. Brings up a lot of images. Brings up I'm a sure. lot, yes, yes. So brown robes, all, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yes, abbots. Yeah. Um, none you know, of that know. is
1: actually included in this. No,
0: fortunately. No, okay. the only friar I am would be like a donut friar, like. But if, hey, how about that? Be with yeah. you all week, people. <laughs> and they're like, I will never listen again. <laughs> 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 we need to start over again. <laughs> so, Steve Muldrow. Yes. Well, fill me in where Where is Steve Mulder from?
1: Steve Mulder grew up in Colorado Springs and Kansas City and then moved to Asheville, North Carolina for a while and have been in Knoxville here for coming on twelve years. I uh, have been doing ministry full time since college for wow. 38 years now.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm not a young man anymore, Britton. Not a young man. Uh, 17 of those were at two different churches combined, and a little over 20 of those were uh, with Young Life in Kansas City and in North Carolina. Um, I have one wife and Mm -hmm. seven children.
0: Wow, okay.
1: Five biological, two adopted uh, from... Oh, and I have two sons-in-law,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, my oldest daughter's 25. My youngest son turns 12 next week. Wow! Um, so that keeps me busy. People say, wow, but that keeps you young." My response is,
0: "Yeah, and it makes
1: me old too." <laughs> yeah. But
0: yeah, you're, you're it's young great. old. Yeah, that's great. You're young old at the same time.
1: But we are brand new uh, on. The uh, Collegiate Abbey staff. I'm mm-hmm. thrilled, thrilled to be doing it. And we're glad that you're here. So that's that's what I've been doing. That's what you've been doing. That's
0: you in a nutshell.
1: Yes. yes. Then I've, I've been working with students that whole time. Church was a high school youth director on Young Life staff uh, in Kansas City. And then at one of our properties in North Carolina, a little slice of heaven we like to call Windy Gap. Mm-hmm. Mm, beautiful place. And then have been 11 and a half years now as a, a college and young adults pastor at Cedar Springs mm-hmm. Church here in
0: Knoxville. So why, you've been with college students a lot. Why college students? Like, why do you do what you do?
1: I have always just been drawn to and loved college students. I mean, from, from when I was doing Young Life to the church and Young Life, that was high school, um, but as soon as we moved to Wendy Gap, most of the people that we were dealing with were college students. And and then I, I remember taking the job at, uh, at this church in Knoxville as the college director. And one of the guys I was working with goes, oh, so you're basically going to be doing a lot of the same stuff you've been doing. And I was like, no, I, oh, wait, <laughs> I guess I am. <laughs> I mean, it kind of passed me by that I'd been. Working with college kids. That's mm-hmm. that's who I've been with, college and just beyond. And so that's, I've just, I love the connection there. I love uh, being able to have great conversations with them, for them to be able to think and reason. Uh, they, they've got so much energy and so much passion and vision, and they're so... Uh, I mean, there's so much life and so much potential, and they're so stupid and foolish <laughs> in appropriate ways, you know, yeah. a lot of times. And, and I just love all of that. So it's been, that's just been a natural place for Renee and me to be to connect with those kind of folks. Cool.
0: So, what about you? I am from Knoxville, grew up in Carnes, go Beavers. Um, and did, didn't go there. actually went to a um, school at, more in inner city Knoxville, but then went to uh, the University of Tennessee and graduated. Um, after that, joined staff with Campus Save for Christ and moved to Huntington, West Virginia um, and to be on staff at Marshall University. And then I was there for four years. Um, now,
1: is that... Marshall,
0: like we are Marshall. That, that is Marshall? We Are Marshall. That is that Marshall. Dude, yes. I know. That's kind of cool. I know. Yeah. So it was a great place. Um, people were a whole lot of fun there. Um, and then after that, I moved to Slovakia. and um, Thank you. <laughs> it, oh, wait. Uh, that's a country. That is a country. Oh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and a country that is absolutely beautiful. And I love it. Um, that is actually where I met my wife, Brooks. So she's... From mm. not, She's, she is not Slovak. No, uh, I have to answer that all the time. She's okay. actually from South Carolina. Um, Clemson grad, go Tigers. And so we actually met, we were on the same missions team. Um, scandalous, I was her team leader. Absolutely. She was on a team. against all good Oh the my goodness, yes. So um, once we got away with that, um, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we I was there for three years, so we were there together for two years. Absolutely love the Slovaks, love Slovakia, try to go back every chance I get. Um, and then came back to UT um, and was at University of Tennessee as the director for crew for about nine years. Um, and that was a great time. Uh, absolutely loved it. Um, so then,
1: so where did Collegiate Abby come from, from being on crew?
0: I know. It's a bit of a switch. So... Um, In that, kind of towards the end of my time with CREW, um, God just started to open a lot of doors uh, in some unique and different ways of partnering with the university. Um, CREW does great work with college students. Um, The doors that were opening for me were more with administration and pioneering some new kind of different areas. uh, And
1: briefly, how did did that, because that's not a normal place for a campus ministry person to go. You're working with college kids, not the college admin.
0: Right. Um, And it's pretty interesting. A lot of people don't realize a lot of times how many administrators there are on a campus. Um, UT has over 9,000 different people working in departments, offices, helping students, coordinating efforts to resource students. A lot of those people have moved into the city um, and aren't from here. Um, And Many of those people are either taking care of kids at home or taking care of parents. Um, and they're just hit with a ton. And I started to notice that there wasn't a lot of resources for them.
1: And um, that's a crazy huge number of people. I know. I mean, uh, that's most people don't most see. People. Yeah. Yes.
0: Um, and it's like that in a lot of college towns. Yeah. Um, and so we started to look at and see, like, what are different ministries that are helping. And there are a few. A lot of them focus on teaching faculty. And there wasn't as much kind of looking at the... The actual administration part, and so um, as that began to grow and develop and but how
1: did you even get in? How did you even get in with the what? What
0: started those relationships? <laughs> well, there's a couple of events at UT um, that were more controversial in nature uh, that came up, and so you can,
1: you can look you can look those up online. Yeah, be careful
0: about. what you Google. Yes, but yeah, exactly. um, and so. Basically, what was starting to happen, a lot of people don't like kind of what's happening at the university life, like the, the kind of negative um, press and different things that, that happen. But my heart is definitely still for UT, for the university, um, across the board. And so I started to be like, OK, these conversations are happening. These topics are happening um, and stuff is going on. And so how can we actually be involved in it? And so at the time, we were actually studying Jeremiah, um, attaching your welfare to the welfare of the city. And who is we at this point? We as crew. um, And so I was challenging our students to to go out. I said we needed more um, people in student government uh, than actually having um, Bible study leaders and different things. So I challenged the students to go out, and they responded. And uh, that's probably one of the highlights on staff is seeing uh, the students kind of, get it and start to get involved and so then um when things started happening um i was asked to be on a couple panels um and different things uh and so i was like oh oh shoot it's kind of like the put up or shut up thing so it's like i just challenged all my students to go out and be involved so i need to start
1: because these were these were not panels that were Normal or familiar ground for most yeah, campus ministers. I kind
0: of, you're right. What, like, I was known as the campus minister that talks about sex. So, you know, that's always fun. Huh, um, there but, you go. Put that on your resume uh, right. and that kind of thing. But so, as we kind of navigated those waters um, and just looking to see, like, how can we bring the life and light of the gospel to the campus in some uh, different ways where needed, these doors just started to open. So, the next year, we were like, well, if the conversations are happening, let's be part of it and so we actually sponsored a couple different seminars uh did a talk series uh, kind of around the topic which just let me interject as somebody who was working with college kids
1: on campus at that point that stood out because the rest of us most of us were back huddled away going we're not going to get anywhere near mm -hmm. that stuff but but you would Stepped in, he said, "Let's
0: let's enter in." And and it was a huge step of faith and and all God <laughs> at the same time. But and and moving towards that, I'm starting to see like God, what what do you want to do here in the midst of this? And he really opened a ton of doors, and so that's where these conversations started happening because UT's having these interactions in the state senate that aren't very good at that time. And, so some of the administrators were like, why would a campus ministry stick your neck out? <laughs> like, why, why would you even bother? So that got their attention, and they start hunting you down saying... Well, they just start to notice, like, okay, this, this is different. Yeah. And so that started to open a few doors. I became president of the Campus Ministers Council. Um, that started to make me more aware of how there's actually a big gap on the college campuses between the university and the religious groups on campus and the
1: campus ministry council just for mm-hmm. definition is it's an organization set up it's a university-sponsored right. organization that, mm-hmm. that
0: represents all campus right. ministries it's right. kind of an ecumenical thing mm-hmm. so yeah yeah and so i started to go around and see like there's this big gap between the religious community and the university kind of across across the board and what happens whenever there's a gap is people read into the gap and so there was a lot of hurt feeling. A lot of us versus them a lot mentality. of mentality. Right. And sometimes intentional, sometimes unintentional. Mm-hmm. And so I just started apologizing, basically. <laughs> to? Administrators, um, to directors, department leaders. Um, basically, because I don't think a lot of the religious community realized what we were doing. And so I started to apologize and, and see, like, how can we bring healing how can we actually work together to address a topic? I think there was a lot of um, desires. Um, so the university would want to help addressing issues on racism and sexual assault. There just wasn't. It wasn't necessarily somebody's job to do that because every campus minister is kind of focused on their ministry, and so there was just a huge gap. And so um, and those and
1: those are topics that we care about. The university obviously cares about them. Right. And, and we care about them mm-hmm. as campus ministry, but mm-hmm. there was just this disconnect of, mm-hmm. how do we, we don't deal with that, we're just mm-hmm. going to talk about Jesus, and mm-hmm. they're just it just wasn't happening. There just wasn't right. a crossover.
0: There's not, there wasn't a lot of crossover, or they were just, the efforts were kind of so scattered. Mm-hmm. Not to say that nobody wasn't doing anything, mm-hmm. but it was just such a big issue and a problem that there really wasn't a collaborative effort. And so, kind of in our lives and our story, I have three kids, two beautiful daughters and one little stud. With the birth of my second daughter, there were complications and so I had to pull off campus for a while and came back. And then um, actually we had a a tragedy happen where one of my good friends passed away. And so I started to write during that process and Mm -hmm. just basically write my way through grief. And people started to read it kind of all around. I wasn't doing it for other people. And there were you, it was you were posting it on
1: Facebook right.
0: and Instagram right. or whatever. Yeah. Right. Which I don't, I, I'm not a champion of Facebook being your diary. But I think sometimes God can can use things Definitely as they go it out. use here, yeah. Yeah, and so through that, I was asked to write a couple things for UT. And and then um, got an offer to go to Nashville. So at this point, like basically the opportunities that were coming my way it was no longer really crew, um, mm-hmm. and it wasn't crew's focus. It, it just it wasn't necessarily anything in kind of using the current models. And so, I stepped away to write for a while, and then after that was done, um, kind of came back and was challenged um, by my pastor, and then talking with a couple other people. You being one mm-hmm. of those two about um, sure. and I've, and I am getting inter <laughs> and I am getting interjected
1: like I do here. <laughs> that all these doors are being opened, all this cool stuff is happening, and then Britton comes and goes, you know, I'm gonna leave and I'm gonna go do this thing in Nashville. And I was like, What?
0: You you
1: can't do that. And then he was back and <laughs> turns right. out I was right. Yeah. yeah. Just wanna just yeah. wanna throw that in. Just have to yep. say that you're right. right. Yes.
0: That um or it's God's sovereignty. Um, <laughs> yes. um could be that. Yes. Could be that. So in coming back, there really wasn't something that kind of afforded the flexibility to, because so many times the things that are happening in communities, you have to act quickly. Collegiate Abbey, kind of what our name is, Collegiate is for the whole campus community. It's for everybody. Uh, And then Abbey, Abbey was a place historically in a community that was a place of healing and rest. There was devotion to God and devotion to work at the same time. So I, I named it Collegiate Abbey for that. Um, that it would be a place of healing and rest in the midst of the community and so started Colleges Abbey. we're now two years in it's been absolutely incredible we have been able to coordinate various events addressing issues of racism, sexual assault uh, substance abuse uh, suicide prevention um, and partner with the university to help uh, resource uh, them and their efforts to address things but then also bring like how do you address addiction from the faith perspective and how do you unite the campus uh, in ways that can bring about change
1: um, several really cool really practical things that have, have connected campus ministries with departments at UT this prayer walk thing that we did where there were 11 tents up and down pedestrian walkway with a uh, a campus ministry and a campus department, UT department, together at the same tent talking about the needs of the campus and then handing out these little cards saying, please pray for these things. It was so cool.
0: And it helped bring light to the community about what the needs are actually in the community. So you're praying for Veterans Affairs and you hear what the guys and women are dealing with when they come back and the guilt that they may feel that they're back but their friends are still over there. Um, All the different things they're processing through disability services and what people are having how they daily overcome these obstacles and just kind of the exhaustion they may face with that and how you can encourage them. And so those are the kind of things like how can we grow the community uh, in those while at the same time loving them with the heart of Jesus um, and helping shepherd through some kind of tumultuous times in that. And the really practical piece of that was it,
1: the, the campus ministry folks had to go knock on the door of the of the. The Office of Veterans of Affairs and introduce themselves and say we're we're going to be doing this thing together with the tent and so started just physically tangibly crossing mm-hmm. crossing the bridge con- mm-hmm. connecting the gap and then they sit at a table for the whole day under a tent together and it was just it was really cool what
0: what went on and so kind of from that so started Collegiate Abbey and kind of from that God has actually started the Abbey um, and tell us what.
1: Because that's different than Collegiate <laughs> it's different Abbey. Different than yes. Collegiate so Abbey. So, what is a little bit. the Abbey yes. that we're talking
0: about? It is a lot of the same components of Collegiate Abbey, but put more in a broader community rather than just college. Um, so, the Abbey is um, a place to rest and it's a way to give. And so, kind of been looking and, and being in campus ministry and having former students, friends, supporters, churches kind of all over the world. Um, so, is, wait, is the Abbey. Is this a place? Is this a building? What is (laughs) Uh, this? Dabby is a community, I would say. And it is a a growing community of people um, wanting to grow personally in their relationship with God, and their relationships with each other, um, and effectiveness in their communities, um, and how to serve, how to pray, and how to really become who God has made us to be through the gospel, um, and seeing that healing come about in our lives. And so that would that's how I would describe the Abbey community people that are wanting to grow wanting to develop in that and so it's a place of rest in the sense that we can come in from the chaos kind of of our, our world our culture and just come and sit and we have three main sections uh, the first because one.
1: the Abbey the the, mm-hmm. the connecting point for this community mm-hmm. is this app
0: right it is an app and I'll explain kind of why it's an app in just a second. But uh, you can also visit us at theabbyapp.com and kind of get a visual thing about what I'm about to tell you. So there's a prayer section, um, and prayers. the prayer section focuses on looking up, basically connecting with God. Uh, a lot of people struggle with pray, finding the words to pray, don't know how to pray about certain things. And so uh, we want to help people grow in that, um, in communication with God. The second is meditation. Um, and meditation, what we mean by that is really being present in the moment. How do you stop? How do you abide with Christ? How do you experience Him in your daily walk, moment by moment, mm-hmm. in that? And so the um, med- meditation portion is about being present. And then the last portion is on reflection. Um, so much of what we learn is actually when we look back. And a lot of times in our society, we just put our head down and try to muscle through the reflection section basically teaches us how to look back and actually see what God has done in our lives um, and what he may want to do in our lives. So it's a stopping and turning around and taking time to look and reflect on that. And so So these are, these are resources resources. to help us Mm -hmm. to help anybody who's interested. Right. So so we'll use those in collegiate Abbey, but churches can use them. Friends can use them. They're, they're not necessarily contained to one, set, one certain group. They can be used across the board, mm-hmm. generationally, and uh, ethnically, kind of geographically. We want to make these flexible resources for people mm-hmm. um, that are very practical. And um, how do you take these basic next steps and continue to grow in that? And so that's that's the place of rest part. It's a way to give. The current nonprofit model is just overwhelmed. That could be a whole another podcast about that, but which it probably uh, yeah probably will be it probably <laughs> will be. But it's a way to give because it is a monthly subscription based app. Mm-hmm. So it'll be two dollars and ninety nine cents a month uh, once it's in the app store, which hopefully will be soon. Um, mm-hmm. And what happens is every subscription actually goes to help support initially the Abbey includes Collegiate Abbey, but then even after that. It becomes a catalyst to launch sustainable nonprofits. So, with the current nonprofit model being overwhelmed, chances are if you support one person, you probably support four or five, and you probably have about twelve that has after you that you feel guilty that <laughs> you can't uh, and you want to. Yeah. And so, um, kind of as God was pioneering Collegiate Abbey, uh, you, you basically also placed this idea of is there a way we could actually provide and create sustainable ministries that don't overwhelm the communities even farther, but actually kind of help bring life in these ways. And so on down the road, so as we get different uh, levels of subscribers, basically we can reach a new threshold and um, start this new sustainable nonprofit. So like a bakery that employs refugees uh, and we can cover the cost of rent and some basic salaries so that all the money that comes in helps further the service to um, the people working there, then mm-hmm. also a uh, cafe that employs a special needs community and then also a, uh, a farm that helps resource people dealing with grief, trauma and PTSD that would also have an event venue. And so kind of the long term vision is you could have a wedding uh, at the, the farm catered by the bakery and cafe and all the money you spend on your wedding would actually go to help grief trauma, PTSD victims, refugees, and the special needs community. Yeah, what a great,
1: what a cool model, big, hopeful, I mean, yeah, that's a beautiful thing, especially to anybody that listens that's part of the nonprofit world, just
0: go, oh, that sounds really good. Right, and it's just, can we we trust God to provide for us in in new ways, in different ways? Can we help? bring life to people um so can we rest and give at the same time yeah in the midst of that and so that's really what the abbey is it's a place of rest and it provides a new way to give um through that and so we'd like to thank you all for listening today yeah we
1: that i mean the purpose of of this podcast is this is to kind of talk about this to give the bigger vision to connect all these pieces together and um we hope that it gives you a, a much bigger
0: vision and, and draws you into this with us. Mm-hmm. Right. We would love for you to um, come along with us and be part of the Abbey community. And so you can follow us on social media. Just look for the Abbey app. Um, you can visit us online um, at our website, and we would love for you to help us spread the word with that. Also, feel free to comment uh, with any questions, thoughts, ideas, Um Feel free to pass those along, and you can download our podcast. This will prayerfully be the first of many that will be available whoop. where you get podcasts. Um, we want to that. thank uh, Ben Bannister for our for our theme music.
1: You can check him out on all those you know music sources, iTunes and
0: Spotify, and all that. We mm-hmm. encourage you to do that. Yes, thank you so much, Ben. We greatly appreciate it. So also with Abby, one of the things we want to do is just let you know that no matter who you are, we're praying for you, that God would bless you and keep you, that he would cause his face to shine upon you, and that he would give you peace. Thanks so much for listening.
1: Thanks for listening. See you next time.